Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. Hey, hey, what is up, everyone? What's up, football fans? Welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, the podcast where we tell you everything there is to know about football in Collier and Lee Counties. I, of course, am Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, here with my co-host, D-Train Dustin Levy, the assassin, Alexander Martin, and, of course, with our wonderful producer, awesome Amanda Enscore. Gentlemen, what's happening? How's, uh, how's football season going for you so far? Going well. Good to be back after a uh, week hiatus there. Was out on an assignment last week. Was uh, unfortunate to uh, not be able to see Lehigh and Fort Myers play in full, but luckily that we'll be able to see that game uh, later ne- uh, this month. I'll say that it is the voice of Alex Martin, and we did miss you last week, and we almost missed you again this week. Alex has to go cover another assignment this morning, so we are recording extra early. We got to the office around 8 a.m., so that is uh, not good for sports writers. I will say that. So if the energy is a little low, I'm sorry. We're going to try and bring it up. Once again, we do record on Tuesday morning, so if anything has happened since then, that's why we're not talking about it. Dustin, how about you, man? How's things going with you? Well, I'm not exactly a morning person, but, you know, we had a, a good weekend of football. I got to see a little little history with Justin Tucker. <laughs> uh, yes, the, you're a Baltimore Ravens football. Um, and also, I will note that my two co-hosts here, Alex and Dustin, do not have children, whereas I and our producer, Amanda, do. So we're very used to waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning. That ain't nothing for us. So uh, you guys will get there, but... So this is week six of the regular season, but first we're going to recap week five and all the amazing action. We were all at some okay games. I think uh, some of the really good games we just happened to not be at, although Dustin got to see a historic win. I got to see uh, Naples victory and uh, Alex game got canceled early. So looking at week five and all the results, is there anyone that really stands out in your mind, Alex? I'm going to ask you first, since you uh, didn't get to cover a complete game, so you were probably more attuned into all the scores as they were coming in on Friday nights. What stood out to you? Well, uh, Thursday night I happened to see um, Eli Moore and Santavius Gadsden. Uh, you mean Eli Manning, right? That's no. that's how he's whipping that ball around there at SFCA. <laughs> yeah, um, Eli Moore and Santavius Gatson did a nice job against Oasis. Um, pretty much an expected victory, forty to nothing. Um, Gadsden is only five five, five foot six, very short, quick back. Um, you know, it's nice to get a chance to see those teams that we don't have the you know the opportunity to really cover here and there because you know sometimes they fall on Friday nights and usually some of those teams are left to freelancers. Good to see those guys succeed, but also uh, Raynaud Smith really impressed me Friday night in the short time that was. He had a nice little touchdown on a wheel route on fourth down against Lehigh. This is Fort Myers' yes. uh, receiver, correct? Correct. And um, Greg Delane had a nice little sequence. I think he had a third down conversion, but before that he had a pick of Dorian Mallory at the one yard line, which eventually set up that touchdown drive. So tell us what you know about that, because that was Fort Myers versus Lehigh, obviously a big rivalry game and a big game in general, because those are two of the best programs in Southwest Florida. But the game was called with second quarter when it was stopped. Correct. Yeah, they got about half the quarter in, or just over half. Um, Have they rescheduled it or moved it yet? And and tell us why it's kind of complicated, because Fort Myers is playing on like every night of the week this year. Just tell us what's going to happen and when. It's very weird because the week prior, Fort Myers had to push their matchup against Cape Coral to October 8th because both teams had the same bye week. Now we're getting into territory where you know teams can't really afford to lose games. Usually this rain happens in August. There's plenty of wiggle room, but now, um, now there isn't. But that game will be played on Monday, October 11th. 
Lehigh move their Friday night game with Charlotte to Thursday, October 7th. So Lehigh's playing on the 7th, that's a Thursday, and then they play on the 11th, which is the Monday. Do they have a game after that, that Friday? believe so. I think it's a district contest between either Ooh. Northport or Palmetto Ridge. Those I'm are the big ones. Ballpark in there. So they're going to play three games in basically what's nine days. Close to it. That's that's insane, man. So good luck to them. Mr. Levy, you got to witness history on Friday, the dawn of the P.J. Gibbs era at East Lee. East Lee County ends a, what did we say, 19-game losing streak? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was uh, over the course of two years, which props to them. In my high school, we went five years without winning a varsity really? football game. A 43-game losing streak. Really? Yes, and a player on the team that broke the losing streak now has a Super Bowl ring. Wow. So uh, what player is that? That's that is ring. Donovan Smith, the left tackle of the Bucks. So that should oh, wow. give the yeah. East Lee players hope. One of them could win a Super Bowl someday. Well, we had saw them getting better. You know, the first week of the season, I believe they lost. It might have been overtime, but they lost like 19 to 14, something like that. They were scoring points, mm-hmm. something they couldn't really do last year. How, how did they look in general? And tell me how Bonita Springs, I think, is a team that we have been waiting for them to take the next step under Rich Dombrowski, and they really just haven't haven't done it yet. Uh, tell me how both those teams kind of looked to you. Because of the Benita Springs style of play, they run the ball a lot, and they run the ball hard. They dominated the time of possession. But every time that Eastley got the ball, especially in the, in the first half, they looked explosive on offense. And there was a sequence at the very end of the first half where uh, with a minute to go, Benita kept a Eastley offensive drive going with a couple penalties. Eastley scored a short pass to Jeff Renville that went for 36 yards for a touchdown. Then Benita had a pick six with 30 seconds to go. And then with no time on the clock, they had a field goal blocked and returned for a touchdown, also by Jeff Renville. So that really swung the game, and Benita was uh, behind from there and uh, could not make up all the points that they needed. <clears throat> That's what I like to see is that Eastley scored a defensive uh, touchdown and a special teams touchdown. And those are the two facets of the game that when you're becoming a better program, you always want to compete. You have to shore those up. So speaking of teams that ended very long losing streaks, Amokley comes out and they win at home 10-0 over LaBelle. It was, I believe we said, what, 722 days. My stat man, Alex Martin, looked it up late on a Friday night. Eastley had been 750 days since they had just uh, won. Immokalee had lost 15 in a row, so they get their first victory under Coach Johnny Smith. This is his second year. They had went 0-7 last year, so good things for Immokalee. Hopefully, uh, they're starting to turn some things around over there. I think the win of the week, or maybe the uh, game of the week, was Bishop Vero 34, Gulf Coast 28. It's a game that we both uh, kind of struggled picking last week. We saw Gulf Coast come out, and, and we think of Gulf Coast as Connor Bear, and there's really a strong quarterback play, but... Who really impressed me was Bishop Vero freshman Carter Smith at quarterback, going 17 of 22, 234 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Carter Smith also ran for 121 yards. Alex, you are our Bishop resident Bishop Vero expert. They're really starting to turn it around with Chris Graves back on the field. They really are, and Carter Smith as a freshman is really making strides, and he's not making mistakes with the football either. Uh, one pick through. Five, what five games so far? Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's really taking care of the football. The completion percentage is up there, close to being on pace for 15, 1600 passing yards, which Richie Rhodes got to be encouraged with. Um, that's huge for, huge for a freshman. But yes, Chris Graves two touchdowns in this game. You know had the overrated chance in the Gulf Coast student section. He's not overrated. That uh, disclaimer there. 
the Vero defense seems to be getting it turned around too with Ethan Brule's two picks. I uh, would have had a third if it wasn't for a penalty. Um, Connor Barrett not really taking care of the football. I think he's got six or seven interceptions so far. I think that might be, um, you know, might be on pace for a new high in the season. And he wasn't real accurate on Friday against uh, Bishop Vero. I think he completed about fifty percent of his passes. One thing I do want to mention on Chris Graves, standout receiver, defensive back. He had thirteen rushing attempts. On Friday night for uh, for Bishop Row for 71 yards and a touchdown. So keep an eye on that. That's something uh, another tool he might have in his toolbox. I'm going to stay down in Collier County and give props to Community School, 24 to nothing against St. John Newman, and the defense has really been key for Community School this year. Before giving up two fourth quarter scores, uh, CSN had gone seven straight quarters without a score, and this is after their COVID pause. You know they had been out two weeks. Matthew Wiley runs runs for 141 yards. He's a kid we don't talk about much, mainly because they had to stop. They've only played three games. But Matthew Wiley has 400 rushing yards in three games to be one of the uh, top rushers in Collier County. Dustin, uh, any thoughts on the Seahawks? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting seven scoreless quarters. Uh, that's that's pretty impressive, especially coming out of the pause. Give credit to, to Newman for, for breaking that. I, I believe Dalton Jones scored a couple rushing touchdowns to, to make that scoreline look a little better in the end. Hey, another team that picked up its first victory of the season, I, I believe, Cape Coral. 27-21 over Estero. Damian Miranda, two touchdowns in the second half for Cape Coral. Now, Estero is one of those teams that had to play on Monday, just a few days before that, because of a rain out the week before. They're in the midst of three games in 11 days. Alex... Cape Coral winning the game, Astero dropping a game. What do you take away from that? Well, I noticed in the you know the line score there, uh, they took away Jason DeCona, Astero's best, one, probably their best player. Um, two receptions for 20 and change. The second win of the season for Cape. They had beaten easily in the second week. Oh, sorry, that, that's my um, fault. I said it was their first win. I was incorrect. But, Go but ahead. nonetheless, they do already surpass their win total from last season, which they only had one win. A great job by the Cape Coral defense. Makes you wonder if... Estero wouldn't have, if they didn't play Monday, how this game would have went because they had played two games in four days, five days. Yeah. Wonder if the extra day of preparation would have done anything. Um, but nonetheless, Cape Coral, you know, back at 500 and they go, they're going to go on the road against Baker and surely a winnable game for them. Let's go back down to Collier County to a game that I was at that wasn't much of a game and I thought it might not be. Naples 48, Palmetto Ridge 0. Now, we already knew the Bears were shorthanded without their head coach, Chris Tokenen, serving the third game of a three-game suspension for unsportsmanlike conduct towards officials. There was some hope before the game that Tokenen would get his suspension reduced to two games. Did not happen. We get there, and Palmetto Ridge is also without Jaden Booker. Jaden Booker, who was the bulk of their offense. And I mean that literally. He has the majority of their offensive yards. 55% of Paul Middle Ridge's yards this year come on the legs of Jaden Booker. They couldn't get anything going without them. Naples' defense is just nasty. We knew it. They always are. They have only given up seven points this year, none in the past three games. Dustin, will Naples give up a point the rest of the season? <laughs> will they punt the rest of the season? That's true. I don't the know question. if they punt it at all, yeah. I mean, it's pretty darn impressive. Um, and it. Next week, I like their chances of uh, another shutout. So, yeah, it's eventually it'll happen. But 
you know, it's 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 very very impressive. And you haven't seen Naples play no. yet, correct? Oh, I'd like to get your thoughts on there. Just a, a new guy checking out a new system. You need to get down there and see them because I'm I'm really intrigued. I want to know how they stack up against Fort Myers, against the Dunbar, and those are two six A teams that they could see in the playoffs. So that, that's very interesting, exactly. as well. Alex Naples, we talk about just their insane rushing attack. Once again, they're over 300 yards. Stanley Bryant. Looks incredible, 157 yards, three touchdowns. And he had one of the coolest plays I've seen. If you check out my highlight video on naplesnews.com slash sports, his third touchdown, it was a handoff up the middle. It was a fumble, but you know Naples runs that kind of bunched up line and there's just a big scrum. And the ball's just on the ground and no one realized it. So Stanley from behind the line of scrimmage as the quarterback sneaks up, grabs the ball, picks it up, races to the left, and he dives at the pylon, hits it with the ball, it's a four-yard touchdown run, but it was very impressive, very heads-up play, very athletic, very fun. It was neat to watch. But, Alex, I mean, can, can anyone slow down the Naples offense? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I was reading your article Friday night, and they were saying that it wasn't a revenge game. Leaving your starters in with six and change left uh, in the fourth quarter on a running Leaving your be. starters in and throwing a, what, 70, 82-yard touchdown yes. pass in the fourth quarter when you're at 41 to nothing, I think that's a bit of a revenge game. Yes. And I didn't put it in my story because, you know, they, they, worked, they had a new kicker in who I wanted to shout out, Juan Pablo Hurtado. So they wanted to get him some work, but they attempted a 50-yard field goal or 40-yard field goal as, like, time expired. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I get it. You're working on the kicking game, but, you know. Sounds like a little bit of overkill to me. But we're really looking at here down the stretch. Say, mark the date, October 22nd, South Fort Myers, Naples. Yes. We could see, I mean, pretty much call it de facto district championship game. We could see two teams that are undefeated. By yeah, I was going to say, bo- both could still be undefeated. South, South Fort Myers is more than capable of getting there. Um, they got Laley this week. Then they got a couple other opponents before that. Which, but they're all winnable games. And, you know, the way they're stacking up right now, they might not slow down. You know, Dunbar might be the only, you know, team in the way of, you know, ruining their perfect season. So, before we get to our break, before we uh, finish our talk on week five, gentlemen, anything else you want to add? Dustin, anything else in uh, Lee County that I did not mention? Uh, just a, a shout-out to Ida Baker. They also had that Monday turnaround. They were able to get the win over Northport 14-0. I believe that game ended at the half due to the weather, but it still counts as a win for the Bulldogs. Yes, and we saw a couple, that was one of those games that ended early, but that one counts. That's official. You look at Fort Myers-Lehigh. Again, they're going to reschedule that. Lemon Bay, Gateway, they just called that a no contest. Charlotte at Cypress Lake last week, that also was called a no contest. And I don't think they're going to make either of those games up because they are not district games. So that's week five. Coming back, we're going to talk week six. We're going to talk about football RPIs. We're going to talk about everything you want to hear after this break. Let's go! Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com. And by downloading the Naples Daily News and News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Hey everybody, welcome back into the second segment of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And before we break down these big time week six matchups, we're going to talk about RPI. Three little letters that have big meaning in the FHSAA football system. That's ratings, percentage, index. It's hard to say often hard to understand it's a system that ranks teams based on their winning percentage their opponents winning percentage and their opponents opponents winning percentage so a little complicated but basically what it does is this is how teams make the playoffs if you don't win a district championship if you win a district championship you're automatically in however in the four smallest classes that's class 1a through 4a there are no more districts it's all regions so all six playoff berths 
in the regions are decided by these RPI rankings. So every game you play counts, not just the district games. You know, if you're looking to get an at-large bid, you have to play a strong schedule. You have to keep winning. And we are bringing this up because last week the FHSAA released its first rankings for the season. Now I'm going to uh, kind of shake my finger at the FHSAA. It was like illegible on their website. It was a list of the number one team through the number 423 team in the state rather than stack these up in classes, which is that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if an 8A team is ranked ahead of you. It's how the teams in your region are. But with all that said, Alex, you wrote the story. You broke down these RPI rankings. What stood out to you and what do these uh, listeners need to know? What stood out to me, you know, we'll shift the conversation back to Naples. Crazy to think that Naples is the third best team according to the RPI. Um, they clearly are not. That is third best know, team in the area. The, you mean? Yes. Well, it's, yeah. The RPI has them at third best at number twenty-five in the state with First Baptist and Dunbar ahead. I think if Dunbar and Naples face, it'd be a coin toss either way. But you know, it was just kind of a little bit intriguing reading the rankings, seeing you know some teams like Lehigh in the two hundreds, Laley in the two hundreds. Uh, Baron Collier in the 200s, Golden Gate ahead of that, uh, Golden Gate ahead of all of them, uh, <laughs> two and two, um, Bishop Vero right at 102, Gulf Coast, Fort Myers South, Community School, First Baptist among others in the in the top 100. I talked about CSN doing really well so far. They deserve the props. Um, but when it comes to the RPI, five of their final six games are against teams below 500. That's clearly not going to help their case, Correct. you know, down the road. And I kind of raised the question in my story that I wrote last week, you know, is number 30 the ceiling for them? And I, I do I do think that's the ceiling. They have Oasis this week. Then they play Canterbury, Marco Island, Bayshore. And then uh, Evangelical Christian to close out the year. Those are five teams that, you know, not going to help their standing. And we'll get a, a real sense of how good this CSN team is when they play First Baptist. Because last year, if you remember, they went in undefeated against First Baptist. And, you know, First Baptist took it to them. You know, they won 42-7. to They brought out the running clock in the fourth quarter. So we'll get a real test to see how good CSN really is. I should say these rankings, when they came out, kind of made me feel good because just the day before, we'd released our own Southwest Florida Power rankings that we do every week. And for the first time, we had put Dunbar ahead of Naples. Why? Because of the strength of schedule. Dunbar has played a stronger strength of schedule. And lo and behold, the FHSA Power Rankings come out and made us look smart because Dunbar is ahead of Naples in those as well. And Alex, what you said about CSN, I will mention, again, CSN is one of those two-way teams that's in a region, not a district. All six playoff bursts in that region are decided by RPI. There are 11 teams in that region. Now, that's more than years past. Years past, there was only nine. So it's a little bit tougher, but more than half the teams in that region will make the playoffs, but they do share it with bigger Tampa Bay area schools, which are always tough. Dustin, this is your first journey into this RPI madness. Does this make any sense to you? I mean, have you seen this done similarly in any of the states that you know of? Yeah. When I hear RPI, I think (laughs) ELI5. What is that? Sorry, you're a little older than me. Explain <laughs> like I'm five years old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in Pennsylvania, there was another kind of convoluted power ranking system. It was divided by class. So it was, you know, they had a website where you could kind of easily organize and, and predict where teams would be if they won a certain game. Um, so it sounds like you guys don't have that, which uh, makes things a little more confusing. So this is all pretty new in Florida. Um, this was brand new in 2017. So this will be the fourth season. Obviously, they didn't use it last year because of the uh, pandemic. Everyone made the playoffs. Um, they, they do it different ways. I think in Ohio, there's some kind of ranking system. In Indiana, 
everyone makes the playoffs. It's like down here when we have district basketball tournaments. You know, everyone plays in the district tournament, and the winners go into regional. It's like that. You have sectionals, the winners go to regionals. So everyone does it different ways. Florida obviously is a lot bigger, has a lot more teams in Indiana, so that wouldn't really make sense. So everyone's still kind of feeling it. Coaches really still don't get it, don't know how it works. So it's going to be confusing. There will be new RPI rankings coming out. We think they'll be out every Wednesday. So stay tuned to news-press.com slash sports and naplesnews.com slash sports for all of that. With that being said, week six, the halfway point of the regular season. We're going to break down you know, kind of our uh, half-year awards next week once everyone has at least four or five games under their belts. But going into this week's, our, our man Alex Martin has cooked up a few scenarios, questions, thought-provoking topics to uh, kind of get this conversation started. So Alex, tell us what we're about to talk about right now. So right now we're going to talk about some of the you know top players, some of the teams in the area. You know, I set these over-unders for some of these players. Just starting it off, uh, Ty Keller has been one of the hot quarterbacks in the area. No turnovers, no uh, interceptions yet. But he plays Palmetto Ridge this week. Uh, the first time the Lions are going to go up against the Bears. And I set the over-under at three and a half total touchdowns for Ty Keller this week. What do you guys think? So basically, Alex has come up with a list of these over-unders. Like he said, he's going to ask us, so do we think Ty Keller could have more than... Could, could he have four touchdowns against Palmetto Ridge total? We're talking rushing and passing. This is First Baptist Academy, a 2A school, hosting 7A Palmetto Ridge for a little history. First Baptist has been the uh, you know kind of powerhouse private school program really in Southwest Florida for the past, I don't know, decade, uh, 10, 12, 10 years. And four years ago, they hosted Baron Collier. They led Baron Collier in the first half. We're tied 7-7 at halftime before Baron Collier's size and you know depth really kind of broke down First Baptist. Now they got another strong program in Palmetto Ridge. Palmetto Ridge, I don't think as good as they have been in years past. I, I don't think they're as good as that Baron Collier team was that played at First Baptist. I feel like I'm rambling, just trying to give you all the, the history you can. Ty Keller has thrown 14 touchdowns and zero interceptions. That is bananas. 858 passing yards in four games. Remember, he's just a junior, so I'm going to open it to you, Mr. Dustin. <laughs> Do you think Ty Keller can hit four touchdowns against Palmetto Ridge? I think I'm going to take the under. I think after getting smacked by Naples, the Bears are, are going to be looking to impose themselves on this one, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I see four touchdowns in this game. This is one of the games where, you know, First Baptist, they are a talented team, but they haven't faced, you know, a team like Palmetto Ridge. You know, the Andover game starting to look like, you know, it's a good win for them, but, you know, Massachusetts football is eons different than Florida football. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put Andover down here, they're probably a 2-8 and eight team. Three and a half touchdowns, he needs four. Four. I can just see this game being somewhat of a low-scoring game. The Palmetto Ridge defense, um, you know, they're looking to bounce back. I think it's – I'd take the under, too. I think he'll get three touchdowns. I don't think he gets four. Well, I will tell you, Palmetto Ridge is supposed to have Jaden Booker back. He was out last week because of the concussion protocol, but he was actually cleared to play Friday right before the game. But it was too late. He hadn't practiced, so they held him out. He's going to be back. I think Palmetto Ridge is going to score points because of that. FBA could have the ball a lot. They could whip around some passes in the second half. And, heck, I'll, why not? I'll take the over. I'll say uh, Paul Ridge wins, I don't know, like 42-28, to 28, and Ty Keller gets his four touchdowns. So, Alex, what's next on your uh, list? Next up, we're going to a rivalry game, Lehigh and Riverdale. We're going with Richard Young here, over or under 204.5 rushing yards. Last year he had 220 against the Raiders. Now, t- is this the one that is like a bell game or something? Yes, or? the Battle of the Bell. Bing, bye, bye. 
that that game? Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know. T- tell me what I need to know about Riverdale, Dustin. Do, do they have a, a stout defense? Can they contain Mr. Richard Young? Yeah, that's that's tough. The last time I saw them, they weren't at full health, but they, they've started to win some games. Maybe they can uh, do do some damage against against Richard Young. It's it's hard to to see it happening, but you know this is a rivalry game. Maybe you know throw all the numbers out the window and you know see how it goes. Well, I will say Riverdale played on Monday. Their game from last Friday got pushed to Monday. They beat Mariner pretty easily, but Lehigh did not play. I guess they started to play last week before uh, their game was canceled, postponed in the second quarter on Friday night. So Richard Young well rested. Riverdale's defense not so well rested. I'll take the over. Why not? Richard, before, you know, things slowed down because of the weather recently, he was averaging 200 yards a game. So why not? What's next, Alex? I'm going to take the over there as well. I think he was at the game last night. Um, Our reporter, Zuby Charles, yeah, he saw who we call in the office the legend. He was at the game. Uh, Dustin, you had the under on that, or do you have the over? I'm going to take the under just because, like, Richard Young can still have a great game and run for yes. 190 yes. yards. Uh, like, he might, you know, they might take him out of the game. So, I yeah, I'm going to take the under here. I could see it. Next up, we got the South Fort Myers defense going up against Laley. Over or under two and a half takeaways? I should say first, this is a battle for first place in Class 6A, District 14. Both South Fort Myers and Laley are 1-0. Naples, of course, also is 1-0. They're playing at Baron Collier, who's 0-1. If Naples loses, the winner of this game will be in sole possession of first place. South, you know, when I saw them, I was impressed by their offense. They're explosive. They're big plays. But their defense did really well against Baron Collier's uh, big passing attack. Baron Collier has a good running game. Under Ernst Derville, but they really shut him down. You know, South for, or Baron Collier didn't move the ball well against South, but South kind of came up with some big plays when they needed to, just like on offense. So I'm not going to choose yet because I want to hear what Dustin has to say about this. And I will say, Laley's offense pretty one-dimensional. They got a pretty good quarterback in Brian Bachman. He's had some success against some bad teams, but you know, the majority of their offense, like we talked about, Palmetto Ridge handing it to their running back is handing it 30 times a game to Gershom Gurrier. So um, as far as takeaways, you know, if, if Laley's just running the ball, Gurrier doesn't fumble a lot, I don't think. So I would be leaning towards the under. But again, those, those South um, defensive backs, if, if Laley needs to throw the ball, they're very athletic and they can they can grab some balls. So yeah, I'm gonna take the over just because I've taken the under in the last two, and I I, I don't want to be a, a wet blanket here. I'm gonna go with the under. I think I think Adam made a really good point. Um, they they do run the ball. They pound it. You know, when Brian Bachman drops back to pass, he doesn't normally, you know, make a ton of mistakes. You know, he won't get picked off more than once in a game. Uh, I'm going to take the under in this one. All right. And we do need to get to break soon. But, Alex, I'm going to tell you to ask me. You came up with a lot, a really good list of things. But I'm going to ask you to pick one more. What is your favorite over-under to debate before we go to break? I'm going to say the Naples rushing attack against Baron Collier. I set the over-under at 343.5 rushing yards against the Cougars. Now, I kind of uh, neglected my duties. I meant to look up how many yards a game Naples was rushing. Perhaps you did when you were coming up with this. I just know every time I've seen them, they've (laughs) ran for a lot. They ran for over 300 yards last week against Palmetto Ridge. This is at Baron Collier, and and actually, you might laugh. This might be a joke, but they've kind of struggled at Baron Collier the past couple times. They played in the playoffs. took a while for the Naples offense to get warmed up. Of course, a few years ago, Baron Collier almost beat Naples, but it came down to a last-second field goal by Naples to win like 
17 to 15. And of course, that losing streak, Baron Collier has not beaten Naples since 1998, way before Mr. Alex Martin was born. Even maybe before Dustin was born. I don't know. <laughs> Dustin, babyface D-trained Dustin over here. I don't know. I guess I'll take the over just because it's, it's always smart thing to bet on Naples' rushing attack. It, and I just feel like they're going to show up in this game. You know, they averaged 333 yards a game through the first four. Baron Collier run defense kind of kept Nathan Castor in check, but this is a whole different animal. Multiple guys on the offense, Stanley Bryant, Isaiah Augustive, Kendrick Raphael, who picked up his first Division One offer yesterday from I NC saw. State. Oh, congrats, um, Kendrick. So that's huge for them. I am also going to take the over, but if it's if they're over 343.5, it's barely. Yeah. I, th- I think 360 is probably the ceiling, um, but I'm going to take the over. And I want to also mention, when we talk about that Naples rushing attack, they will soon have back Dustin McGill, who led the team in rushing last year. Maybe he was second. Um, but a guy that's very talented who we like that hasn't been able to play this year because of a, a an injury. But once they get him back, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have too many guys to, to handle the ball. So, uh, Dustin, give me your thoughts. Well, I, I like the name, for, for one. It is um, a good name. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm tempted to take the under here, but I feel like with Naples' offense, I like taking the under is a fool's errand. So I'm going to take the over. Well, there you have it, guys. So that's a peak at week six. When we come back, we're going to break down more games. We're going to pick the winners of the 10 top games in Southwest Florida this week. Come on back. For more in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Let's just do it, okay? Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into your favorite segment of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. It is picks time where we make predictions on the uh, 10 best games of the week. Before we do, let's review how we've done this season. Uh, it was a great week last week for Dustin, for Alex. Dustin. The rookie coming in here and just pushing uh, us veterans around goes seven and one. Alex was a respectable six and two, while myself, Adam Fisher, was a putrid and embarrassing three and five. That is a joke. I may have to quit my job after this. I may be fired from my job. I don't know. I had gotten within one game of Dustin in the uh, standings. I picked up a few games each of the last few weeks. It looked like Dustin, the rookie, was hitting that rookie wall, slowing down, but now he's back up to a three-game lead. Dustin on the season is 31 and 15. Mr. Alex Martin is 28 and 18. Adam Fisher makes me want to vomit. He is 26 and 20. But hey, we've got seven weeks left, at least seven weeks left, to pick games at six regular season weeks. That's one playoff week, so there's still time to catch up. Dustin, how you feeling, man? How are you doing so well? You know, I've been pretty self-deprecating uh, up to this point uh, about uh, my picks, but I was pretty proud of this last week, especially Lake Wales. Like, I, I felt good about that one, and they came through for me. Well, that was a stupid pick on my part. I was the only one that picked lately. And here's the thing. Like I mentioned, you know, I have to kind of reach now. I'm, what, what am I, five games behind? i got to make some stretches. And also, as I've always been open and honest about I pander to the audience. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm always going to pick that Carter County team so the people in Carter County love me, so they continue to read my stories, so I can continue my job, but that makes me have a stupid and ugly record. So, Alex, you feeling good? Feeling all right. Just uh, not ready to take many gambles yet. I'm still trying to play uh, things safe. Play but safe. Hopefully, I can get within 
this rookie over here. All right, well, let's start it up. Island Coast at Mariner, two teams that are on uh, some losing skids. What are the records off the top of your guys' yeah. heads? I oh, know Island Coast oh, hasn't won a game, right? Mariner's 0-4, Island Coast is 0-3. Oh, Somebody's getting their first win. Score alert, baby. Somebody's getting in the win column. Who's going to be, Dustin? I'm going to go with Mariner here just because I can't fully trust Island Coast at this point, and I would feel better about getting Mariner wrong than getting Island Coast wrong. And Alex, did Island Coast didn't play last week, did they? I believe you're correct. Okay, so they it's been a weird season for them. They had the COVID pause. When they came back, they weren't 100% healthy, and then they had a bye week. So they haven't played a lot of games, especially haven't played a lot full strength. Who you got? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Island Coast here. Um, I just it's just Mariner they played last night. Um, we've seen teams, you know, playing on short rest. Island Coast has had plenty of rest. But the one thing, you know, Island Coast can't churn up offense. And you know, Mariner is able to. You know, they think they've been able to put up 40-some-odd points. Island Coast has put up 13 points in three games. Hoping that changes this week. We'll see if Dakari Allen can get in the end zone. And who knows what the status of Kelton Henderson is. If he's on the field, they got a chance. I agree with everything Alex said. Short week for Mariner, long week for Island Coast. I'm taking the Gators for the first time in two years. East League going for a winning streak. They won last week. Golden Gate has dropped two straight since starting 2-2. Two two. East League at Golden Gate. It is a district matchup. Dustin, who you got in this one? So I don't want to undersell that I was legitimately impressed by East League. They have... Some great players. Uh, Rodrigo Torres had a great game throwing a couple touchdowns. Golden Gate has not scored since week two against Eesh. Estero. Um, but just the fact that they're at home, uh, they're coming off some rest, uh, I'm going to give the edge to Golden Gate. What say you, Alex? The one thing often gets lost, um, these two teams actually met in the spring game. Mm. You know, you don't see that often. South Fort Myers and Baron Collier canceled their spring game because of that because they're going to face in district. Golden Gate routed the Jags 43-6. to You know, this is obviously, you know, P.J. Gibbs had, you know, this is his first quote-unquote game as a head coach, although it didn't count. The team has made clear strides since then. Um, but, you know, Golden Gate's hungry. I mentioned that this is probably, you know, the, one of their, you know, one of the winnable games for them, probably the only one from here on out. Um, I think they're going to take advantage, and I'm going to pick Golden Gate. Golden Gate running back Tyler Coleman at 400 yards in the first two games. We did a story on him, and he has kind of been locked up since then against two very good defenses. I think they get back on track. Golden Gate is rested. They did not play last week. I'm also taking the Titans. Cypress Lake at Bonita Springs. Alex, I'm going to let you start on this one. Cypress Lake's game against Charlotte was canceled in the second quarter last week. And, of course, Bonita Springs, we talked about loss to East Lee. What do you think on this one? Number one, a huge district game for this this these two teams um, 5A 13 is going to be very competitive as we've seen in the first four weeks of the season. Cypress Lake showing some flashes here and there with a couple couple uh, wins. You know they're competitive in some games. Um, Bonita Springs can put up points. They've shown us that, um, but. 34 points is really discouraging, um, allowing the Eastley, especially on the defensive touchdown and the special teams. Rich Dombrowski's uh, offense has, I believe, surrendered three defensive touchdowns, two of which came against community school. Um, flip a coin on this one. Really, it's just one of those games. But I'm going to take the Panthers. I think Joey Mendez gets the win on the road. Dustin? Yeah, so uh, Coach Dombrowski, after the the loss to Eastley said, you know, this is 
pretty much must win for their district hopes. Cypress Lake, their, their wins this season have come on the backs of their defense, and I think their defense is better than East Lee, so that's going to make things even harder for Bonita Springs. So I'm going to take the Panthers. Yeah, I was just about to say, Cypress Lake has not scored a ton of points this year. Their two wins, they scored 21 and 14 points. We just saw Bonita Springs give up 34 to East Lee, so I'm going to take Cypress Lake. Cape Coral at Ida Baker. Dustin, just tell me about this game. Both these teams are coming off of wins. The Bulldogs definitely getting things going. It it was interesting reading about that. It seemed like they went with Malpica more at quarterback in this last game after they had been with Stangle uh, the last few weeks. Caleb Staple, their running back, is really coming into his own, scoring two touchdowns last week. This could be a tight one, but I think I'm going to take Baker on this one. Yeah, this is an important game. We're to that point in the season where we're playing district games, and these these count, you know, because it's going to be tough to secure a wild card berth in that 6A region that has all these tough ones, and their district has North, it has Dunbar, has Fort Myers. Because of that, I think they're going to be thirsty, Baker is, for a win, and Baker's going to win. So, uh, Alex, how about I, you? I'm kind of with you guys there, even though the Bulldogs will be playing three games in 11 days, you know, looking to go 2-1, and one, with or without Sebastian Grafmeyer, who was pictured in a cast on his left leg with crutches Mm. um i i think baker has too much firepower i think jordan rizzo and caleb staple are some of the guys that can get it done um obviously adrian paris decided to get into a scuffle against north we believe he'll more than likely be suspended for this one cape coral they have a week's rest but i'm gonna take baker so down to the uh, you can come and ring my bell game lehigh at riverdale we talked about it earlier, Riverdale, short week, Lehigh very rested. They only have three complete games this season. Of course, last week the game was postponed in the second quarter. Alex, any chance Riverdale can uh, hold the lightning at bay? It really is tough. I mean, obviously James Delgado is going to try and key in on Richard Young. That's the way every team in this right. area is. Sam Sirianni did a very good job at doing that on Friday night, holding Young to seven rushes for 26 yards. Um, he'll Richard Young's obviously going to be hungry to get his third 200-yard game of the season. I think he gets there. I think Lehigh cruises in this one by three scores. Agreed for all the reasons you just said. How about you, Dustin? I agree with that. I think, you know, the last time I saw Riverdale, they they were coming off a COVID pause. So, you know, maybe they'll be more competitive than I expect. Um, This is also, you know, as we said, big uh, ring ring the bell game. But I'm, I'm taking the lightning on this one. An interesting game in Collier County, Palmetto Ridge at First Baptist. I told you the history earlier. First Baptist not scared to step up in competition. They're a small private school. They've played big public schools in Baron Collier. A few years back, they played Estero. They've played Baker. Now they welcome Palmetto Ridge. I applaud them. I love them going after a big school like this. But I think Palmetto Ridge is just too much depth. Anytime you play a big public school like this with guys that don't have to go both ways, a little bit more dynamic athletes, although I do love what the Alliance are doing this year, they are going to make the playoffs, but I'm taking Palmetto Ridge. How about you, Alex? This will be one of the bigger tests for the Lions all year. I mean, stopping Jaden Booker is a whole different animal. Obviously, you know, they're going to be very hungry, very, you know, they're going to be fired up to take on First Baptist and you know, they're going to look to limit Ty Keller, I think. I think, you know, the Palmetto Ridge defense is going to try and get after him and, you know, force him into tough situations. I'm also going to take the Bears. And I should say this should be the first week that Chris Tokenen's back on the sideline for Palmetto Ridge. Dustin, did I get your answer yet? Yeah, I, I think Keller is having a great season. 
but the Bears are just a, a, a step too far for First Baptist, so I'm taking Palmetto on this one. Lately at Southport Myers, battle for first place in 6A14. South, we know, has dynamic athletes. They were off last week. The week before that, they looked pretty good against Baron Collier on both sides of the ball. Laley lost 32 to nothing on the road last week. Um, again, Laley, just do they have as much offense to stack up with the Wolfpack? It is at Southport Myers. Alex, how do you see this game going? Uh, outside of you know, Greer's 158 yards last week, you know, Laley couldn't really get much going in the passing game. It was 43 yards, and, you know, it's going to be a tough going for them. You know, South Fort Myers' defense has allowed, you know, only 116 rushing yards a game, but only 3.8 yards per carry. I think that's definitely worth noting against Guerrero, a guy who likes to wear defenses down the, uh, the more times he carries the ball. Um, the pass defense for South has been there as well. You know, only 145 passing yards surrendered a game, with the one outlier really being that Fort Myers game when Carson Esposito threw for 319 yards. But I think South's got the edge here. You know, they're going to go to the 5-0 and for the first time since 2016. Ooh. I'll take the Wolfpack. Nice. How about you, Dustin? I'm also going to take the Wolfpack. I'm hoping that they, they, they win out here. Uh, I think that would be fun to see. And, uh, you Wait, know, hold on. You shouldn't be hoping anything, Dustin. You are an impartial <laughs> observer. You I'm are hoping, unbiased. Well, you know, well, well, over you here. you storylines. Yes. That's a good storyline. It would be a good storyline, um, although, you know, uh, you are you have a little Naples bias over there. <laughs> That's what they tell me down in Naples. But. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I think Nathan Castor and that offense is doing a great job this season. So you're taking South. I'm also taking South. Charlotte at North Fort Myers. This always a fun game when these teams get to play two of the uh, more historic programs in the area. Although I don't think I think both of them are are down this year. And not to say they're bad, but they're not as you know juggernaut juggernaut e is that a word? It is now. They're not as juggernautish as they have been before. Dustin, are you covering this game? No, I'm not. Okay, well <laughs> then tell me about it anyway. Sure. Uh, I would have really liked to see that Charlotte Cypress game play out. I think it would have told us a lot about that Charlotte team. Uh, which, you know, prides itself on its defense. North Fort Myers, I think they're putting something together with that backfield of Bo Somerset and Andre Devine. That, that's pretty tough. Um, but what worries me... Andre Castor, right? Or, uh, Costa. Gotcha. Not but, Devine. But, Devine is his father, right? Yes. Have we decided that? Andre, if you're out there, it, tell it, us what your last name yes. is. I've seen Costa. I've seen Devine. I'm going to call him Andre Devine. He's, that he, he's, st- he's starting to have shades of his father. He is. That's yeah, true. his huddle says Andre Devine. So okay, we'll go with that then. Sounds good. But yeah. So, but what worries me is they gave up four second half touchdowns to Ida Baker. Mm. Uh, so some question marks there. I'm going to take Charlotte. I like it, Alex. What do you think? Uh, the run defense for North has been gashed, and you know two pretty big games this year Dustin you kind of alluded to it already you know Richard Young ran for 282 in the opener um, then Ida Baker runs for 194 Charlotte loves to run the football McClary's a really talented back for them I think Charlotte's just more experienced on the defensive side and that's what's going to get them over the top in the end I think this is a coin flip game as Alex likes to say it's going to be very close and because of that I'm picking North Fort Myers, simply because I have to find some uh, areas to make up ground to my uh, young friend Dustin here. So I'm taking North Fort Myers. Naples at Baron Collier. I don't think there's much discussion. Needs to be had here. You know, no offense to Baron Collier, but uh, Naples is looking dominant this year. And so I'm taking Naples. Alex, yourself? Got to take Naples just too much. 
too much there. You know, last year's regular season matchup. You know, the Cougars were in it for a little bit, but they just can't. Nobody's been able to stop the run defense for Nate or the run offense for Naples. Twenty point margin last year. I think it'll be larger than that this year. And Dustin, I'm going to shock you all by taking shut your mouth. Naples. I was going to say. <laughs> I, th- I think they get another another shutout here. Oh, all right. Our game of the week, and this is a Thursday night game. So if you were hearing this on Friday, I apologize, but you can just listen to us in your car and think how stupid we are for picking incorrectly. Fort Myers at Dunbar. Dunbar we have not discussed so far because they were off last week. Fort Myers played a couple quarters before they were rained out, I guess. The game got moved. So very big rivalry game. This is a district game. I have to imagine the winner of this probably in the driver's seat for the district championship. Alex, what do you think? In the games that I've seen Carson Esposito, you know, on film, I can just tell he he loves to roll out and scramble. I think it might be tough going this week against a fast, very athletic Dunbar defense. He's not going to have that luxury of, you know, rolling out to the left or to the right. He is a very fast individual, plays baseball, stole a couple bags last year for the Greenies. Uh, that Dunbar defense, you know, they're going to be well rested. Fort Myers probably wish they played four quarters against Lehigh because they were they looked like they were in a position to win and potentially close out the Lightning in the second quarter there. But I'm going to take Dunbar. I just think, you know, the offense, I think Dunbar has edges on both the offense and the defensive side. And you, Dustin. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. The Greenies, I think they'll take some confidence into this game, uh, knowing that they were up on Lehigh. So it, it could be competitive. I'm going to be on this game, and I'm looking forward to it. But the Dunbar defense is insane. The players in the secondary are, are really, really talented, and there's so much depth there. So I like the Tigers. I will not pick against Dunbar until they lose. I just think they're that talented, that good. So I also am taking Dunbar. Reminder, Fort Myers at Dunbar. That's a Thursday night game. So be sure to follow us at news-press.com slash sports on Thursday night and follow Dustin on Twitter for all of that. And, of course, follow Prep Zone and uh, News Press on all the socials to get live updates, live scoring, live highlights, all that stuff. Guys, we appreciate it. That's it. We'll see you next week when we'll do some midseason awards. See you then. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Wednesday at noon to get you ready for upcoming games.